0: I'm in position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go. <laughs> the best Linux games. The best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism... and give and will you right now? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name, If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on and, and it must be, be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead it may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be asia or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 334 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this uh, Saturday, the 20th of March at 7.06 uh, p.m., 19.06 p.m., Pacific Coast Time, left Coast Coast for the most. Crack Engineer, pow! Ivor Molina, over there in the booth, holding on to... Yes, Ivor, that is your last pay stub. You are fired. Oh, but he's holding up the whiskey sign! Mmm, that's a good idea, Ivor. Mmm, you're still fired. Mmm. Ah! That would make it for our sequel friends uh 2021 20, 0320. Yeah, 1907. Mm-hmm. Uh what else what else, what else? what else? What else? What else? Well anyway. I think that that's all the I've already fired. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much how we open the show. Um Straight to our top stories. First off, we have a short show for you this week. I know I've yeah, I do that, um, to not! Fucking make that face, you bastard! Anytime I say that we have a short show this week, that means we'll be here until next Christmas. It will be next week, before we're done with this week's episode. That's what normally happens. But this week, I assure you, I am completely within control of this situation. Mm. So, straight to our top stories. First of all, I had the uh, super awesome fun of watching in on, I don't know how to say participating in. I, I wasn't part of the organization of it, but I was just one of the people in the stream who was like audience member. I got to go to. That's 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 exactly the word. That's how we would say it. Um, if it were like a a physical meet space event, I got to go to. And Ask Me Anything with Jeffrey of Comeric, uh, the guy's responsible behind uh, Nova Drift, one of my favorite games. It's still in early access. The guy's been working on it for I want to say five years now, because I met him when he was working on it. Four years. He'd been working on it for four years. This was a live Ask Me Anything uh, through Pixel Jam games, which... I think they're the publisher, technically, but this was so cool because I've spent so much time talking in, in Discord, um, to Jeffrey Kamarick, uh, over, yeah, over the last, yeah, 18 months, two years, something like that. Goddamn, time flies when you're in lockdown. Um, And this was the first time that I'd ever managed to make it to one of the, uh, ask me anythings that Kameric... They... He doesn't do them that often, so this was the first time I got to see Jeffrey for reals. I mean, ah, we talked so much on Discord. But I got to see him, I got to hear him, and I got to see his little baby. But even cooler, I got... In the background, they had another guy working on, um, certain aspects of the effects engine, which ended up being like this gorgeous, they they were just tweaking, they were just trying out some stuff, seeing what they like, throwing stuff against the wall while they did this Asking Anything, there were like a hundred people in the, in the uh, AMA, and it was ah, you know, it was one of those things, it's like, you know, when I was a musician, like, I would go to the symphony, and it would completely rejuvenate me, it would, you know, uh, or like, uh, when I, when I was balls deep into, uh, system administration and programming and stuff, I'd watch a tech snap, and it would, you know, rejuvenate me. It would give me, not just new ideas, but like, it's, it's, it's an affirmation to feel there are other people from your planet, more or less. People who understand your concerns and stuff, and there's a hundred people in this room, it was great. And uh, Nova Dritch is coming along. It's coming along. Should we come around the mountain when she comes? The one question that I did not ask and that I didn't see anyone ask during the hour and a half that I was in there uh, was, when's the game going to be done, Jeff? Because uh, <laughs> that would be a dick question. My question, I only asked one question. My question was, has anyone bothered to thank you guys for doing this AMA yet? Because if not, thank you. But, uh, it was so cool. And for those of you who don't know what Nova Drift is, Nova Drift is a, is a top down. It's still in early access. It's on Steam. Uh, it's a top down. Jeffrey would call it. Mr. Nielsen would call it. I think that's his last name. I always forget. Uh, a space ballet of death. Space dance. I call it asteroids without asteroids and procedurally generated levels, effects, and enemies in a roguelike with absurd amounts of customization that you can get out of a single run. Like, typically, in the first five minutes of a Nova Drift run, for me, I am I used to be pretty good at it. I used to be very good at it, but the builds keep changing, so and I haven't played in about I don't know six months. Mm. Nova Drift is glorious. It's almost like Paper Mario Asteroids. It's top down, two D with these gorgeous cell shaded esque um, geometric enemies and ship styles and projectiles. And it's a light show. It's it's a great game. Uh, but it's, it's essentially Asteroids without Asteroids. There are some environmental hazards, and there are some bosses, um, and the game is designed to go on forever. They're working on balance, as ever, they're working on balancing some aspects of it. Uh, and stuff, but the procedurally generated explosions I was looking at while they were working on the game during the AMA were just gorgeous. They made me want to vomit. Uh, and the other nice thing about Nova Drift, and then we'll move on because we gotta make this a short show, is that it has this, uh, fundamentally experimental approach to it. Now, when you get really good at the game, like I was saying before, like in the first five minutes of any one of my runs, um, within those first five minutes, I have probably made, Maybe 10 to 15 uh, upgrade decisions that put me on a path that I kind of know where I'm going. Now, in the next, in the following 15 minutes after that, you can get more experimental with your build if you're willing to or if you're feeling good, you can stick with you know, whatever plan you might have in your head. But the bottom line is there's hundreds of modifications and the way that they stack and interact with each other is really the core feature of Nova Drift. Um, that and the amazing visuals the um, hypnotic gameplay, the um, overall sense of polish and of course, uh, uh uh Jeffrey's, uh you know Chimeric, we'll just call him Kimerick. overall design ethos, which is to give is to create a game that's balanced, a roguelike, that's balanced, but approaches infinity, maybe? Um, and whose high scores and this is just supposition on my part, I, have, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him uh, since the AMA, but whose high scores aren't necessarily the product of rote um, not just memorization, but uh, rote manipulation of the controls, like a game like Astro Smash, or um, Galaga, I'm the world's greatest Galaga player, no shit Um, he wants it to be a deep and involving thing where the action is fast and the upgrades are super fast too but there are distinct paths and strategies that you can take in terms of your own capabilities that can be novel and unique exclusively to that run and that's kind of that's the great genius of Nova Drift. Especially, you know, your first, you know, 20 hours. I've done like 150 hours, I think. Let's see. I've all you're fired for not finding this out. Nova Drift. Nova Drift. Nova Drift. I've played 423 hours of Nova Drift. I've played a lot of Nova Drift. Um, and that's not like a AFK. Shit, that's like the real deal. Anyway, so that was fun. That was the highlight of my week. Um, and darker news, the remaining Coke brother, uh, those of you who don't live in America, look them up. K O C H Coke, Coke industries. They make everything from, uh, the paneling in your home to shelving, particle board to everything. They make everything out of the sun, petroleum, uh, I think they have mining interests. They're one of the wealthiest families in the world. Walmart is wealthier. The, the, um, family that owns Walmart makes a million dollars a minute. I think that's a true thing. I think that the heirs to, to the Walmart fortune make a million dollars a minute, which is obscene. But Koch brothers, one of whom died, uh, earlier last year and, you know, I'll say only this, do not speak ill of the dead, we will join them soon enough, but fuck that guy! Fuck both of them. The only good one is the one who's like, I think he's gay and he collects art. That's all he does. The other two were very much into fomenting and building over the last 35-40 years the uh, immense political machine that has ground America to a halt gave rise to the Tea Party which was astroturfed by them and Donald Trump. They've had their hands in video games. They've been an investor in Rockstar from what I understand um, since uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City I want to say but now more bad news even though one of them is dead the uh, Coke brother Coke Industries is now partnering with Starbreeze Uh, in future content development and Starbreeze are the people who are, is or are. Starbreeze is the company behind, uh, the developer behind Payday 2, which is a game that I know and love very much, as does Bloody XDE. Other people, I don't know why Bloody XDE hasn't joined the Discord yet, but anyway, that's happening. Uh, you can read all about it in your Steam client. Um. Beyond that, they've owned a big interest in Deep Silver prior to this, but it's not something that I like to talk about because I hate the Koch brothers, and Saints Row 4 is one of my favorite games of all time ever. 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 Period. Um, and they... They... Both of them were alive for that. They funded some of that, uh, which is unfortunate. It makes me feel like a hypocrite for hating them so much and then loving this game that they backed, but Whatever. So, if you're politically conscious, etc., then sorry for ruining your day on that score. Also, finally in our top stories, and we'll get to our feature. Like I said, this is going to be a short show. Hopefully we can get out of here in about 30 minutes from now. So, about 45 minutes. Mm, more whiskey. In Valheim news... Viking Valheim news. They've over five million. They've sold over five million units, and now that they, they are like a month and a half or two and a half months, I don't know. Uh, got 143 hours in Valheim. Let's see. Let's look at their store page. February second, January, February, March. So they're they're six weeks out from their release. Uh, by the way the reviews remain overwhelmingly positive recent 106600 all reviews are overwhelmingly positive 163821 of one of which is my own heartily recommend Valheim you will love Valheim single or multiplayer but uh they have now returned now that you know the um, the massive you know uh, 1.0 well not 1.0 but because they're still in early access i think right Am I losing my mind? Yeah. Uh, now that they've gone through the... They've run the onslaught of chasing down all the, you know, post-initial release, early access release bugs, and they're now returning to work on actually developing the game. I have a long list of things that I really would like to see um, in this game... But I won't bore you with them now, because I'm going to save them for a feature later on. Anyway! In terms of my own Valheim adventures, I am now in the swamp, balls deep in the swamp, and the swamp is fucking hard. Swamp is filled with things that don't just want to kill you, but like are hunting you, and they want to really like, it's not an accidental thing that they want to kill you. Like, they're like, homing in on you. So I had this funny thing that happened to me after you kill the second boss in Valheim, uh, instead of, like, the forest is moving, which is a thing that, like, pops up every time that you haven't, like, really gone out and killed a lot of shit in a while, if you've been a homebody, if you've been doing base building, eventually the forest will start moving, and that means that a bunch of graylings and other, you know, necks and shitty lesser enemies will come and try to attack you at whatever uh, uh, base that you've established wherever you are whichever base you are currently at, they will launch a siege on that base it's not hard to kill them all it is harder after you kill the second boss because then instead of the forest is moving it will be a foul smell from the swamp, and draggers and uh, skeleton archers, dragger archers will come to your place, no where the fuck it is, and they will try to fucking kill you and destroy your base. This is normally fun for me because I'm at my base, and normally it's at my main base when this happens. Um, because I run multiple worlds, so in some worlds, it happens more frequently than in others. You know, blah, blah, blah. But the fucking thing that happened to me this week was I got to the swamp, finally, and doing this shit on your own is hard. This game is hard on your own. But I finally got to the swamp and I built a base there, which was hard. Took like fucking four hours. Mmm. Got the base set up, got a portal set up so I can go back to my main base and stuff instantaneously. Got a ward set up so that they so that the enemies can't break in through my flimsy little walls and shit. Or at least are somewhat stymied in that effort. And I went out to harvest some blood bags from some leeches. The swamp has these leeches that are the size of a man from stem to stern. They're about as thick as a tree trunk and they have teeth like maggots and they spit poison at you and they want to eat you and they will destroy your boats. If you bring your boats too close to the swamp, they will just, they will annihilate them. They'll at least if you come in a raft, don't take a raft to the swamp. Don't be a dropout! But anyway, so, blood bags are great, though, because now I'm making potions because I want to explore- I want to see if there is even a fucking merchant anywhere near my main world's world spawn, and I've searched everywhere, except for in the frozen mountains and stuff. Mountain areas. So I've been making potions, and that requires dragger guts and to make sausage, because sausage is like ultimate superfood, um, gives you a lot more uh, health points when you eat it, a fish, and like deer meat, all cooked, it's good. Mm. But you can also make frost-resistant potions, and these things are generally found in the swamp. You need blood bags from the leeches in the swamp, and so I'm I'm going out to, you know, get some blood bags from my little swamp base, it's a one room shithole on the, it's a, you know it's like, bam, I fucking my hand crossed the line at the end zone, and I'm like, bam we're building a base right here Um, and it was very wise to do so, if you too end up in the swamp, and you're not yet prepared so I go out to go get some blood bags from some leeches and stuff uh, one thing I love about the swamp is that everything that you build instantly turns to like this slimy wood shit that's really gross you can't ever get rid of it doesn't matter how much how well protected your rubes are or whatever it just looks disgusting and the whole place is disgusting it's a fetid fucking fecund goddamn fucking malarial swamp of misery and death that's designed to kill you. So anyway, I go out, I'm, you know, I'm fully fortified. I got everything. I got health potions, even. And a foul smell from the swamp strikes me while I'm in the swamp. I'm already fighting, like, ten fucking things. And a foul smell from the swamp attacks that base. And so now I'm fighting 50 fucking things. Like, instead of fighting five droovers, I'm fighting like fucking fifteen of them and all these skeletons and these slime blobs that are the worst they're the worst I barely got out with the skin of my teeth it was hilarious and you have to kill them all you have to fight them off um, or kill them all until wave after wave stops and the, the smell is gone But having that hit you in the swamp is brutal. If it hadn't been for my ward, my ward which makes it impossible to open doors and makes enemy damage difficult to like walls and structures and shit, everything would have been gone. I would have been killed. I would have lost everything. It would have been horrendous. They would have destroyed the portal there. They already destroyed my raft. Um, I would have to, it would have been a disaster. So that was hilarious. And I, I got to my, the top of my first, with using my anti-frost potion, I got to the top of my first Frozen Mountain, and there wasn't really anything up there. So, that, that kind of sucked. But, the adventure continues in Valheim. Also, one other thing. I've been having a problem with, and this is not, ma- I, I, these days I don't use an Amazon generic Xbox One controller anymore. I use an Xbox branded Xbox One controller wired to my computer. And it doesn't matter now. Last week, I started having problems with this um, after w- weeks of successful use that were just very enjoyable. My controller will now go periodically insane. And I think it has to do with Steam because if I use the beta update uh, by going to, you know, S- Steam in your Steam client, click on Steam, go to Settings. On that first page, there's the beta participation thing on the right. Normally, I used to be a beta participant, but uh, around last week or maybe the week before, I started getting... Anytime my controller was plugged in, it would just constantly keep popping up a bubble saying now using the the Steam configuration for uh, Scooby Sprites, Xbox controller or whatever and it would just keep popping up that message so I switched out of beta and then that worked for a long time that worked for about a week but over the last three days I've been having these problems in both Doom Eternal and Valheim which are the only two games I've really played over the last two days where all of a sudden my controller goes insane and the game will not respond to any input it, it's like as if like you held down like one directional button you just keep going in that direction and it takes generally it takes like 30 seconds for it to go away but there were a couple of times last night in particular where I couldn't even get the game to recognize my keyboard anymore and it wasn't popping up that you know it's using my controller, just my controller would go dead and insane and this almost got me killed a bunch of times it's really cutting into my Valheim time and this week's feature, which, Ivor, blast him with, because we're getting out of here in the next 15 minutes. What do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, spooky. The so for those of you who might be new to the show, um, it's me and Ivor who do this show. And that leaves a lot of spaces for things to slip through the cracks. One of which occurred to me earlier this week, and that's our feature. Our feature is on Doom Eternal, the season pass, season one, year one pass, whatever, the Ancient Gods 1 and 2. You can get both of those, all three of those things, in fact, are one thing, including a license, I think, for Doom Eternal. It also includes Battle Mode for $40. Um, I don't know if that's that great of a deal. This is not a review, because I've only gotten to play, eh, three hours of it. But I want to... Doom Eternal was our game of the year last year. Because I couldn't give it to Ori. And there were other games that are in early access that I couldn't give it to. And then there were games that broke for Linux immediately before the end of the year so I couldn't give it to any of them and one of the best games that I played last year was in fact Doom Eternal the reboot of Doom somewhat in the same vein as they rebooted Wolfenstein with Wolfenstein uh, the New Order and Wolfenstein 2 the New Colossus the Ladder being one of the best games I've ever played in terms of a story in a video game. Unbelievable. So they decided to give Doom the same treatment and at first, like, I was like, oh, this is weird. Because the game is very different from Doom. It has the same enemies, lots of the same enemies, but entirely different play mechanics and they are brilliant and revolutionary. Simply put, Once you, as the Doom guy, have fully upgraded all of your shit by obtaining runes and power-ups and stuff, and you you have all three, you've you've found your three favorite runes, and you got all of your weapon challenges done, and all of your weapon mods unlocked, and all, all the weapons unlocked... Excuse me, more whiskey. Doom takes a novel approach to its own legacy. Eventually, though, the story does make sense, but the novel approach to its own legacy is this. The first-person shooter was basically foundation. Foundational. Doom was the foundation of the first-person shooter. I mean, you could say that Wolfenstein 3D was there before it, and it was... But Doom was really foundational and then Quake was like the ultimate expression of the first person shooter and then Unreal Tournament uh, 2000 then 2K4 etc. Expanded on these ideas. But Doom Eternal breaks the formula. See all of these games and I've, I've said this before in this podcast and this is the great genius of Doom Eternal the one thing that unites all of these first person shooters, in fact almost every first person shooter ever made and it can be traced all the way back to Doom and to Wolfenstein but really to Doom and Doom 2 the foundational it's not a foundational sin it's, but it is the major conceit that I thought was impossible for game developers to ever get around Was that it enslaves in single player. It enslaves the single player to the geography. So whereas different difficulty levels may make more or less enemies appear and may make them more or less damaging and more or less aggressive. It does not matter. The weapon pickups are what matter because the health and weapon pickups, you need those to kill the demons to clear the level it's not a stealth game It there is no crouch button I don't think there is a crouch button actually um, it is full on Doom style and that means that you're enslaved to well how much health do I have, do I have enough health to get to that chain gun that I know is going to be over there because I've died here a thousand times on this level and that's why the levels are episodic you're chained to the geography in Doom Eternal, they break that chain by giving you, like I, as I was saying before, once you have unlocked everything, not everything, everything, because you pretty much unlock the three main things within the first five hours of gameplay in normal Doom Eternal campaign mode. Doom, segment, Doom Eternal segments out your weapon capabilities into four major categories there's punch and blood punch which are shared category there's flame belch which is your shoulder mounted flamethrower there's uh your primary weapon which is whatever actual gun you have equipped shotgun super shotgun BFG, rocket launcher, whatever, and that includes its mods, which you can switch between. Each weapon has two alternate firing mods that you can switch between, which takes a second to do, to switch between them, because you actually have to swap out the attachment in an animation, which is cool. And then, uh, fourth is, uh, okay, let's see, we did, uh, oh yeah, your grenade launcher. And the grenade launcher works just like the shoulder mounted flamethrower and by the way the flamethrower also has a freeze thrower variant that you can swap between but your grenade launcher deals an area of effect damage flamethrower deals a limited area of effect damage it's short range um chainsaw that's the other one chainsaw punch blood okay chainsaw blood punch punch Uh, primary weapon, flame belch, and grenade. The grenade so each one of these okay, so here's the deal. Each one of these weapons except for your primary weapon gives you resources from the enemies that you hit with it that are keyed to that weapon. Now, I'm going to try to trying to remember this here because it's so it's been such a caustic mix of awesome violence and dismemberment and chainsaw horror and excitement that I get to play the game again now with new levels See, because I missed the first DLC I did not know that there was a DLC that came out like forever ago called The Ancient Gods this week I was made aware of it because uh, The Ancient Gods Part 2 came out and so I bought the season, I bought the year one pass that gives you access to both of them and it seems to also give you um, that license gives you a license to actual Doom Eternal as well. So for 40 bucks you can get all three including Battle Mode which I won't talk about here. This is not a review. But the bottom line is this. The reason why Doom Eternal is such a good game is that instead of being chained to, like, knowing where the power-ups are and knowing the geography, you don't need to know anything. You don't even need to know which enemies spawn where. Because whatever it is that you need, you can get it with one of those three techniques. Punch, blood punch, chainsaw... Uh, flame Belch, Freeze Belch and Grenade Launcher so when you kill and I'm, I, please don't hit me up on the Discord or torture me, well actually please do but don't yell at me because these are innocent mistakes and in the ancient gods or whatever the game hits you with so many enemies that you're just pressing all of these buttons so quickly and they all come back to you. They come back to you. It took me like 30 minutes to get back to like my B game, um, from Doom Eternal because I haven't played it that much in at least nine months. Runs great on Steam, by the way. Runs great on Linux. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even think I'm using Proton GE. But the thing is, these techniques, each one of these, alternate weapons which recharge on their own including the chainsaw they're one hit one kill well the chainsaw is one hit one kill the punch if you're in glory kill mode if you've weakened an enemy enough to where they're flashing yellow or blue or orange or blue it's a one kill you have to be close enough to them but it determines what they drop when you kill them so when you're fighting these hordes of hell in Doom Eternal, you're no longer fighting them with an eye to, how do I get out of here? But an eye towards, it makes it almost like chess, towards who can I kill to get what I need right now? And then how can I strengthen that? So you find these jobbers, you find these one-hit-one-kill guys, like the rifle guys, the gun guys, or the zombie guys, or even uh, glory-killing bigger enemies like cacademons or whatever where you rip out their eyes and stuff after you weaken them or pop them in the mouth with a, a pipe bomb when you when you hit a group of enemies with like the the uh, grenade launcher they'll drop armor or no it's flame belch drops armor you don't have to kill them it drops armor you collect it there, there are certain runes that I think there's a rune that lets you collect them from farther away, even, but it doesn't matter. This frees you from the tyranny of being limited to only the weapons that you can find ammo for in a given, you know, geographical scenario. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to worry about, well, I love the chain gun and I want to use the chain gun all the time. Well, there's only ammo for the chain gun in these three spaces because it's a choke point for this, you know, series of mini-bosses that are gonna, you know, rape me and destroy me unless I have the ammo for the ch- No, all that's out the window. This is a free-form fucking air-dashing chainsawing in half weaken this guy while you're fighting three other guys and you're just delegating shit and you got this chainsaw and you have this melee attack your punch and your blood punch your blood punch which charges up over time after getting successive uh, smaller glory kills will kill like five guys it's an arc of death that just shoots out in front of you and there's a rune for it that even makes it so that all those enemies drop health if you need raw health Uh, But Punch also can give you our health. And all of the animations are amazing. There's so many animations that it feels like it's it's so every game is a conversation between the developer and the player. It feels like Doom Eternal really understands me. It understands my needs. My wants, my concerns. And it echoes them back to me and it says, my needs as a developer are the same as yours. I know what you need. You need to die. You need to die horribly. I'm like, yes, I do, but I am the doom guy. So I need to kill. And the game is like, yes, you do need to kill. You need to kill as much as possible until you die. So here in Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods, I'm, I'm still playing the first DLC because I didn't find out that there, that, that it existed until just this week. So in, in the Ancient Gods, you have a full story campaign, more or less, built off of the tail end of the last, uh, of the main story campaign from Doom Eternal. But you start with everything. You start with everything. And now I'm going to tell you a joke that will pad out the rest of the show. Well, I'm kidding. I was going to tell you the make me one with everything joke. But anyway. You start with everything. You have to reconfigure some stuff. You know, if it's not to your liking, which is fine. You just press the pause button, go to the codex, and reconfigure your shit to have it exactly how you like it. Which weapon... Which alternate fire mod you want to have standardly equipped? Which runes do you want to have equipped? And then the gameplay begins and it, it's very much like Doom Eternal except there are five times as many enemies. There, It's not the same geography either. The geography is completely changed. Five times the enemies and they are angry and they are they are in legion. All I want to ask any of you to do is join our Discord so that you might see the little video I made this afternoon for Gorsicle. Because I know that he, he understands. We all understand. But, uh, yeah. So that's Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods 1 and 2. You will hear a full review of them as soon as I beat them, but I only found them I only realized this on like Wednesday when they're like, oh, Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods too?" now out. I'm like, what? What Ancient Gods? It's it's a trip. You must rip and tear. And his Boldy would say, well, he wouldn't say it. He would just send you a very disturbing video of a guy talking about ripping and tearing. Looks like Donnie Deutsch in the a fucking mankini, and he, he's at a sex club, it's horrible, ripping it, tearing it, rip, so Doom Eternal understands what I need. Ah, uh, yeah, check it out. And that's that's it for us this week. I will catch you next week. Cheers, thanks for listening. And check out the new Discord, BLGP2. Um, yeah, and uh, many greets to all of our old friends and uh, all of our new friends, uh, Ad Night has recently rejoined us, etc., 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 Um, We are nothing without our listeners because, uh, you know, through our strengths and our shared understandings of things, we can conquer problems together. That is the false idiosphere. That's the false mindset. That is the false way. I will catch you next week. times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is IV farm maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink and if I die I'm gonna try four or five times do you like to play we like to play I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh. The four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. yada yaddy. The four or five times. Met Damien. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux.